You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. I think that we have similar households, Shannon, and just from the little I've learned of you and the more I'm learning of you, that this is, this is what happened at my dinner table last night. Um, that it's me and my wife and my two kids that are eight and six, and we're just talking and kind of having fun and laughing and talking, and then somehow we get on the idea of the penguin egg, that a penguin had laid an egg. You know, where does a penguin come from? And I'm like, well, it comes from an egg. And so my son's, well, where's the egg come from? I said, well, you have a mommy penguin and a daddy penguin, and they love each other very much, and they embrace in this special <laughs> hug. No, and that penguin sex. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, "What's well, mom? A mom penguin and a, a male penguin and a female penguin. They have sex, son." And he's, "What's sex again?" And I said, "Well, you know, the penis and the vagina—they are made to kind of fit, and that happens in every animal." And he's like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yeah." And it was like just mind blowing to him that every animal, and it, but then it all clicked. Like, okay, I got it. And then he just moved on with the day. You know, it was like no big Ta-da. deal. Yeah, but it's just kind of wow. That that was over pizza. Went, I was going to say, went right back to eating his chicken McNuggets and fries or something. Yeah, it was it was over pizza. And so I love the fact that, at least with my household, we can have these kind of conversations, which has then sped, you know, led into Sexy Marriage Radio and other conversations that I hope other people worldwide are having about this part of their life. That, that whether it's with your kids, about trying to teach them about sex and their sexuality and start them when they're young on that. And so that way they have more information or whether it's with your spouse of just maybe some of our shows bring about great conversations in people's homes. And to me, that's a win. Yeah. And keep talking to those kids like that, Corey, because yeah. you know, my kids are, gosh, they turn 22 and 19 next month. We are so close to the empty nest season <laughs> and I'm it. so excited. See it. But um, my son was trying to pick out his college courses the other day and he had to find an elective. And I said, Matthew, one of the best electives you could ever choose is a human sexuality class. Because yeah. there's, there's something in that class for everyone to learn. And he just looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, what? And he said, Mom, I've grown up with you as a mother. Why would I need to take that class? Maybe you could teach the professor I, something. I, I took that as a compliment, yes. though, that, that he knew that if he needed to have a conversation or had a question, he could bring that home to Mom. And that and that leads to, that's what we're here for at Sexy Marriage Radio, too. That's what feedback at sexymarriageradio.com gets you, is if you send an email there, with any kind of question, any kind of concern, any kind of thought that you want addressed, that can be future shows. And we love hearing from our listeners. So send us emails, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Also, iTunes, getting on there, leaving reviews, leaving comments, that helps us climb the charts. That helps, that spreads the word, broadens the audience. And that's that's what we're trying to do is get this message out that married sex is great, but it's also filled with stuff. And so we want to cover what what is not being covered and that isn't secular in the sense of anything goes because we're proposing marriage sex is the best sex and and that's what right. we want to speak into that void that's out there yeah because if you're watching tv or movies or anything you don't see a lot of hot sex in marriage right yeah, you that, see a lot of coldness and disconnection in marriage you see the 
the great hot sex between the two people who just met or right. just started dating or whatever. So yeah, I, I love your vision, Corey, right. that, that what we're trying to do is to help people understand that the best sex is really in marriage. Right. The, 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 the old joke of, of the world of that, that sex in marriage is where it dies is, is what we want to try to fight against that. No, 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 yeah. no, it, it, it's, it's on the verge of greatness. But yeah, that it also, doesn't have to die. Yeah, that also then leads me to the intro for this show, Shannon, of the old joke of, you know, if you ask uh, any man, and, you know, if you're in an audience, room full of guys, let's say, and it could be couples, I guess, but raise, okay, guys, raise your hand if you masturbate. You'd have, what, 90% of the hands go up and the other 10% are lying. I mean, that's the running joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, I've always heard that. It, it goes I've heard on. it was more like 99% right. admitted and well, 1% are lying. <laughs> right. But but it is one of those things that, okay, this is this is an area of life that's important to talk about because this, this goes back to my dinner table conversation with my kids of I'm laying the groundwork for future conversations about this, for future discussions. And I know you've had discussions about this with your kids because we've talked about Absolutely. that off the air before and, and at other times. So. This is something that we got to dive into. Yeah, especially when so few of our parents talk to us about this particular topic. Oh, told, I heard nothing. Yeah, I don't recall anything ever being taught or said, except, oh, except if you touch yourself, you'll grow hair on your palms, go blind, and become a pencil salesman. Did you ever hear that? I never heard the pencil salesman side of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, I, I even remember a, a movie coming out when I was like a late teenager, and it featured this blind pencil salesman, and, you know, the idea is he just oh, masturbated man. too much. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, that was the extent of my education on that particular topic. Well, but that, my it, children will not say the same. Right, but if that was indeed the case, then I, my door would be knocked on all the time by pencil salesmen, wouldn't it? <laughs> Because there'd yeah. be pencil salesmen we, everywhere. Like we would be socializing with pencil <laughs> salesmen right and left. <laughs> yeah, it, we definitely need to have these conversations when our kids are young because the reality is, is that's when it starts, and yeah. it starts very naturally. Yeah. I mean, who can look at the two-year-old that has his diaper off for a few minutes and his hand goes straight to his penis? I mean, who can say? That, oh, that, that's unhealthy. That's unnatural. Right. That's the most natural thing in the world. Right. And it's the same thing on the, with the girls. That right. The, girl, right. the girl's I, hand going down in her panties and it's kind of like, honey, what you yeah, doing? Yeah. You know? Just, hey, that feels different down there. Right. And, and why does it get wet? And sure, I mean, there's a fascination about their human body. Just like they, you know, are taught, this is your belly button, and this is your elbow, and this is your ear. They discover for themselves what's down there, and yep. they learn for themselves that it feels different. And sometimes it feels really good, and sometimes they use some sort of uh, way to to kind of comfort themselves. Like yep. a, a young mom told me recently, she said, every day when I pick up my daughter from daycare, and strap her in the car seat. I look in the rearview mirror and she's rocking back and forth against the 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 mechanism in the car seat that goes between her legs. Mm -hmm. And she said, "Should I be concerned about that?" I said, "My guess is she just has really stressful days at at daycare with all these kids around, and this is her way of self soothing." And she said, "Yeah, I do notice that she's usually asleep by the time we get to the house, and th this is just kind of a yeah. way that she has kind of brought her blood pressure back down or whatever." And I've counseled lots and lots of women through the years that they will say that they either 
will masturbate themselves to sleep on occasion or that certain times of the month, they just feel such an overwhelming need right. that they just kind of throw all mental taboos aside and just go for that. But then they wonder, should I feel guilty? Am I a horrible person for this? And I just want to have a conversation yeah. today where we take the guilt out of this natural biological drive. Right. Because where does most of the guilt come from? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry to say it, but oftentimes the the Bible is used and the religious connotations are used to just bring about guilt on this. But the reality is, I've, I've studied the Bible from cover to cover yep. on this topic. Nothing is said about masturbation. Right. Nothing. The Bible is silent on it. Yep. So for all you religious folks out there who are thinking that this should be constantly condemned because of a uh, biblical mandate or whatever, there's no such thing as a biblical mandate against this. And so one would have to ask the question, why isn't there? Well, maybe it's not always across the board a bad thing. Right. Now, I'm not saying it can't be a bad thing. I oh, know sure. that there are tons of women out there who are going, when I walk into that dark room at two in the morning, he's up looking at pornography and he's masturbating. I feel so ugly and rejected and abandoned and even abused. And so I'm not saying that masturbation can't be a very destructive right. thing. Right. It can be. But I think that we have to just press the pause button before we say that all masturbation is always wrong across the board for everyone under every circumstance. I think a more accurate way of looking at it, a more healthy, balanced way of looking at it is I think every person who feels this need needs to ask themselves, what is my motive and is it a healthy one? Right. Yeah. Because it's... I have heard from some women through the years who, when they explain their motive, I can't argue with them. <laughs> like right. The right. <laughs> like the woman who says, my husband's deployed in Iraq for two years. Right. Is it okay if I masturbate? So that I am sure to to keep my physiological needs satisfied so that I'm not, not tempted to have an affair. Right. I don't know of a counselor on the planet who wouldn't say, baby doll, if that's the need that you feel, thank you for your service to our country. <laughs> you know, she, she's going through a really hard time yep. for our benefit. Yep. And if she feels the need to satisfy herself because her husband is on the other side of the planet, more power to her. Right. And more power to those soldiers who may feel the need to do the same thing yep. while they're deployed from their wives. Yep. And that's, so maybe, it, I like that you touched on that. It's usually what surrounds it. That's where we get into trouble. Yeah. That maybe it's not the act itself. Sometimes, right. Maybe sometimes, not all the time, but maybe sometimes masturbation is God's gift to people. Yeah. The fact that we are creative enough and that we can reach those intimate places and you know that we can relieve that pressure valve when we have no other outlet I do think that that may very well be a gift from God and why it isn't forbidden in scripture. But again, I do know that there are times where it's not healthy, where you're just fueling your sexual desires like crazy. Now they're sumo wrestler size. Now you're more tempted to go out and do things that you probably never would have done had you not become such an, a, an addict with your masturbatory habit. So I'm not saying it can't be destructive. I'm just saying there are times where it may be constructive right. to engage in the act. Right. What are your thoughts? Well, I like that. I, I like where you're going with this because it's something that you, you have to unpack it, that usually masturbation is not as simple. If you're talking about people that have trouble with it in the sense of I feel guilty, I feel shameful, it's, it's usually there's stuff surrounding it as well. I mean, oftentimes, if you think about it, the immediate thought when you think of masturbation is porn because right. pornography is a masturbation industry. 
Right. <laughs> That's what it's designed for. Yeah, it teaches people to be independent and fly solo. Right. And that's not, I don't think that that's what sexuality no. is intended to be. No, not at all. I mean, sexuality is intended to drive us and connect us together. That it's, that that's where, because the litmus test for me in this is think of the orgasm that you have alone versus the types of orgasm you have with your spouse. Typically, the ones with the spouse are much more intense. Because there's that connectedness, there's that other person, there's that bond that's there. Yeah, you're not laying there feeling lonely and going, well, you know, I've, I've had better experiences, but at least I, you know, tripped the trigger, at least I crossed the finish line. <laughs> right. When you're with your spouse, you're laying there basking in the glow together. Right. You're laying there, you know, in each other's arms and, and just those those smells and that feel of being skin to skin and just, you know, the, the fact that this person is available to you now for conversation or snuggling or kissing or right. getting up and making breakfast or whatever the case may be, it, it does, it adds so much value into your life to experience that orgasm with another person who's experiencing their orgasm with you. Very mutually beneficial. Right. I, or I even, love that about marriage. Right. Or <laughs> even the uh, a spouse that's willing to help. And just say, you know, because I've heard this and I've read this on online too from from some female bloggers. And usually this is the, you know, they're female marriage bloggers. And they've had the conversation with their husband of, you know, if you ever feel tempted to look at porn, let me know. I will take care of you. And that's mm, kind of the way they, that's kind of the service they want to provide. And obviously that's a personal choice. That's not, I'm not recommending that. That's kind of your own journey that if you are the low desire spouse and you know your your partner has a higher desire and is seeking ways, one of the things you could do to challenge yourself is to say, hey, I want to be a part of that. Because to me, where masturbation becomes a problem is when there's so much secretness surrounding it. Yeah. That if you're in a, if you're in a condition where you would just rather keep that part hidden from your from your partner, that that to me is a leaking of your sexual energy. That yes, the sexual energy needs, yeah, should be staying in the relationship. That's the goal, is it's designed for the marriage context and the com the committed relationship context. That keep it there. So if you're involved in something that you're keeping from your spouse, yeah, that's a slippery slope. You know that that can be a problem. And so sometimes having those conversations is important, and and talking about it is important. It, that reminds me of a couple that I've been coaching for many years now. And she had contacted me after she read Every Woman's Battle and said that she really liked the notion of a no masturbation rule in their marriage. Okay. And her husband was on board. And so they made this agreement that, okay, if we feel the need for a sexual release, we're not going to separate ourselves in isolation and keep it secret from each other. We are going to come together. No pun. In, I guess I kind of did intend that pun. I could admit that. <laughs> That, that one was pretty intentional. Right. Uh, but the idea is that, you know, if, if there's tension in the relationship, but yet there's sexual tension in each of them, that that gives them motivation to, to iron out the wrinkles and come back together on the same page because there's a no masturbation rule. But then she said a few years later, she said, Shannon, my job requires me to travel more and more. And sometimes my husband is on the road um, equally as long. And we had this, this understanding that when we came back home from our trips, if we had masturbated, we would confess that and ask for forgiveness. She said, well, I noticed that 
after a while, we didn't really feel the need to ask for forgiveness anymore because we didn't feel as if we had sinned against each other. Right. That we felt like it was kind of a protective mechanism to keep our heads from being turned in an unhealthy direction while traveling apart from each other. She said, then we got to the point where it was like, you know what? You really don't even need to confess that to me anymore because I'm not offended. And she said, they just kind of evolved naturally right. into if that's what you feel the need or even just the desire to do, I'm not offended by that. As long as you are always sexually available to me, if I want that connection too. And she said, it's just never been right. a problem in their relationship. And now they're actually in their fifties. And she said, he is slowing down quite a bit because of age, because of some health issues, that sort of thing. She said, but I, on the other hand, in my forties and fifties have hit my sexual stride. I'm at my peak. And she said, I found that putting the burden of responsibility on my husband's shoulders to give me an orgasm every single time I want one is actually, it puts a lot of pressure on him and right. pressure can sure be a boner killer. Right. And that she's realized that to just feel the freedom to masturbate when she feels the desire to, and, and, you know, go back and forth that it doesn't have to be an either I masturbate or I connect with my husband. It can be both. And right. it's, when I'm alone, I masturbate or just when I feel as if my husband, you know, has had a release frequently enough lately that he's probably not going to be as interested again. She said, I feel as if I'm taking a load off of him and that he has given me carte blanche that right. if that's what you need in your fifties, then I'm not offended. So I, I think communication, I love what oh, you said about it's yeah. the secrecy component of it that makes it icky. Right. But think of, think of the status of that relationship that if you have the freedom enough to say, Hey, you know, I'm really interested in, you know, I, I'm going to go take care of this unless you want to join me. You know, it, that's kind of, man, you talk about t total openness with somebody else. Of, that's intimacy. That's intimacy. Total, that's totally because it could be, you know, hey, honey, I just wanted you to know I took care of it later, you know, a couple of days ago. And you could be like, wait, 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 why didn't you invite me along? You know, I, I would have enjoyed that one or, you know, it, but that's bringing about the likelihood of more connection just because you're being open about the way you're doing life. Yeah. And, you know, I remember, Corey, our last show that we did on just the painful reality that some people have in their marriage dy dynamic in that they have a sexless marriage. And so talk to me, what do you, what is your opinion on giving the spouse that has a greater sex drive permission and complete freedom to masturbate? if the spouse who's disinterested is just not willing to get on board with the program. Well, again, this, I love the idea that you've talked about. It's personal conscience. It's personal choice that it really does come down to each person. And if that's a means that will help you go for it, especially if it's something that still stays within the marriage, because my, my struggle, and this is from my own experience, my struggle is what surrounds masturbation that because I've had to struggle with porn in my lifetime. So it's one of those, I have to be very careful. Those two are associated. Absolutely. In your mind. And all of it is feeds back to loneliness, boredom and anxiety. Mm. And so I know those triggers for me that it's like, okay, I'm getting kind of bored. Wait, wonder what's on the computer, you know, and there you go. I'm all I'm off and running. And then there's all kinds of guilt because it's not just sexual release. It's something else. And that's where, the whole conversation we've had of what surrounds this is what's so important on what is it that masturbation provides? Because it is truly a wire, a rewiring of your brain. If you're doing it to orgasm. 
You know, so sometimes, and this is something I came across in Dr. Glover's book, um, No More Mr. Nice Guy. He has a section at the end of it called Healthy Masturbation. And it's targeting men that have to learn what sex is about again because it's become such an anxiety thing that we're doing it because of porn and anxiety release that it's all about get it done quick. And then whenever we have chances to have sex with our wife, it's done quick because that's the way we've programmed it. Mm -hmm. And therefore then it's not much fun. She's not going to want to be a part of it because she didn't get anything out of it. And so you have to just basically relearn and rewire yourself. And, and there's definite merit to that, to, to learning the sensations, to learning the possibilities, because you also have to realize a woman's vagina does not have the strength of a hand. So the pressures and the feels and all of that is just different. Oh, I had never given that thought before, but you're so right. I so, mean, I would imagine that it feels very different. It does. And so you have to, you have to rewire yourself. You have to retrain yourself. And that means fellas, you're going to have to get the courage and the, and the cojones to step up and say to your wife, what's going on but the path that you want to go down together. And that's the, that's the difference is you start talking about what's going on. This has been the path in my marriage that I've shared what's going on with her. And she now knows based on some software I have on my computer, anything that I go to that's inappropriate, she gets an email, mm -hmm. you know, a weekly email that comes up. It just tracks anything that's inappropriate, which means sexymarriageradio.com fills <laughs> the email. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but that's the only, that's the only one that's in there. So yeah. And, and for people who are looking for that kind of filter, I'll just mention that on shannonethridge.com, there's a link to covenant eyes and that's exactly what we have in our home. Yeah. Is, you know, just that accountability, yeah. that filtering software. Yeah. And it's yeah. not, and it's not something that, that blocks it. It's just something that tracks it. And that's the huge difference is if I know my wife is going to see what's going on and my accountability partner friend, it's another male, I know I'll get a call and say, dude, what's up? What's this about? Because they'll see something that's like, yeah, you shouldn't have been there. What's going on? Everything all right? You know, and then, and that's so much different. And yeah. so it is one of those that there's also a site called Your Brain on Porn, which is a great site as far as just, it's coming at it from the medical scientific side. Love and, it. And it, he, he proposes a rebooting of your brain and your sex life. And that's kind of what I'm talking about is you have to rewire. And that's where you have to get into this idea of maybe you need to take sex off the table and just learn the re the connections again and right. the intimacy and to again and the touches to again, and then get back to where you're doing it to orgasm. And definitely take porn off the table yes. because my understanding is that it so desensitize you yes. to just, normal healthy pleasures in a marriage bed because you're just fueling that intensity level that anything just kind of pales in comparison yeah. and then it's just kind of a, a relentless pursuit of greater intensity and greater intensity and it eats away yeah. at the fulfillment that a couple can have yes. in their marriage bed so to bring this to the marriage with adults that i think you're talking about what we're what we're proposing is take the secrecy out of this and, yes. And if you can do that, that opens up some great conversations. That could be kind of tough because it challenges each of you. Because I can sit here and think, Shannon, what about you have the spouse that is the high desire and is like, you know, I want to take care of my need a little more often than you're willing. So I'm, I, I, want to, I want you to know that I masturbate regularly. And that could be once a week. That could be once a month. 
whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you have a spouse that's just totally offended by that because they're like, there's no need to masturbate ever. So there's a whole nother conversation of. Well, for, for the spouse who's saying there's no need to masturbate ever. I hope that you are a very interested and motivated sex partner. Because basically you're saying to them, you can't get your sexual jollies filled anywhere but with me. Right. But if you're saying I only want to have sex once a month, that is just so not fair. <laughs> um, and it calls to mind how um, a lot of times I'll have clients who maybe she's pregnant and she's been put on bed rest and the doctor has said no intercourse. And right. so I mean, this isn't just a temporary thing. This could be for weeks, sometimes maybe months. For her to lovingly say to her husband, you know, feel free to take matters in your own hands or my hands are available. Right. Just because you're not interested or able to have intercourse right. doesn't mean that your spouse's sexual needs aren't very legitimate and very real to them. And it's, I think it's a ministry. It's a total ministry right. to say to your spouse, I want to make sure you're fulfilled. Right. And if I'm not available to fulfill it, if I'm traveling or if I'm just, you know, too busy and distracted, that just don't feel as if you have to hide this from me. I give you freedom to, to do what you need to do. And if you need to tell me about it to clear your conscience, then I'm, I'm not going to throw a stone at you. I'm not going to judge you. This is just the reality of, of living in a human body. We right. are sexual beings and we have sexual drives and we need those drives met and marriage should be the place where we get them met. But there are occasions where that's just not possible. So to say to your spouse, I understand you still have the need. I think that's a very loving thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, and that's a great, bonding thing for the marriage to be able to to speak of those things to say hey you, you interested in helping me out tonight <laughs> you know it's been a while Sorry, that is not a good pickup line <laughs> hey, but but if you're open and, and you're and you're honest about it you know it's 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 real isn't it you can be honest and open about it without saying something schmarmy like are you interested interested in helping me out can i give you a better line yes please do (laughs) i'm all open for for more better lines more better how's that uh i know sometimes like if i'm sick or i have an upset stomach or something like that but where as greg is feeling you know a little frisky he may say would you like to come lay your head on my chest I'm not going to turn that invitation down. Okay. I love to lay my head on his chest. I love to hear his heartbeat. I love to feel the, his his chest hair up against my cheek. I know what he's asking me to do. He's right. asking me to hold him while he takes care of himself. But I actually enjoy that. I feel like that's a very intimate bonding thing. I actually don't even consider that masturbation because I feel like I'm a you're part there. of it. Yeah, even, though, even though I'm not necessarily engaged, I'm really just more of a passive participant, just okay. laying there and, and just but- being emotionally available to him, I still think that it's a healthy thing when a, when a spouse says, I feel this need, I acknowledge that you're not in any position to help me. I would like to cross this bridge on my own. If you want to come and hold me, I would enjoy that all the more. Right. And that's, it's important to realize that that is a, you guys are way down the process <laughs> of the conversations, right? That this has been going <laughs> on for a while, as far as these kinds of blunt conversations, these kind of... I, I'm not... I'm not threatened by his right. sexual desires. I have full confidence that Greg doesn't take those to anyone else. He doesn't look to right. pornography. I know that I'm the sole source of his sexual satisfaction. And if he feels the need to take matters into his own hands on occasion, I- I'm I'm not threatened by right. that. And I don't think that he would be threatened by that if I verbalized the same need to him. Uh, because we are very sexually available to one another whenever we can be. Right. Whenever there's not something holding us back, 
it's not just that we've grown so lazy or so cold toward one another that we just, oh, you're just going to have to do it yourself because I'm not going to have sex with you tonight. Patrick. Right. Now, it's never like that. Right. It's never like that. And, and I hope that it won't be like that in any of our listeners' marriage beds either. Yeah, but I want to make the point that this is a process. This is a growth. This is, you know, this is that you take steps. It doesn't just get there. You, it evolves to this, and it's an intentional thing that— it's about being more open, being more honest, being more upfront, confronting yourself about things that you need to confront yourself about and realizing being vulnerable. Right. And realizing yeah. that, hey, there's what I'm doing. Is, there's nothing wrong with this. So this is a healthy aspect of me. And I want to share that. I want to let it be known. And so if you take that secrecy veil off and start to live it more open, to me, that changes the game that that opens the and possibilities. Having those open, open, open lines of communication, that's intimacy in and of itself. Yes. And that leads to deeper levels of intimacy and deeper levels of communication. Yes. that And all of this, I mean, the, what if we were going to put a, this all under an umbrella to kind of wrap this show up, Shannon, that for masturbation, it's a personal conscious thing, right? It, it comes yes. down, it comes down to you and then your spouse. And if what's going on with it is driving you together, not apart, where you, what's the what's the issue? Yeah, and there are different seasons of a marriage and different reasons that right. one may feel the need for masturbation. And you just need to ask yourself: Is this a life-giving act, or is is this a life-robbing act? Love is is that. this going to help our marriage and help us as individuals, or is this going to hurt our marriage and hurt us as individuals? Love that. Yeah. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio, where I hope you get the idea. We'll talk about most anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> no topic off limits. If you've got something you want covered, send us an email feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for taking the time. We'll see you next time.